I encourage people to participate because one, it shifts, it shifts you. Like worship will, will 100% every time take your attention off of whatever it is you got going on in your head. Everybody comes in with stuff, you know, but 100% of the time, if you begin to say, Lord, I love you. If you begin to like literally focus your mind on who God is, it will shift you. And in a corporate setting, it will inevitably shift the room. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then Queen, we have a few questions to ask and a few conversations to have. I am your host, Liv Dooley, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some of the women who inspire me to fall more deeply in love with the word of God and worship in everything. I am so grateful you were here. Let's go on and get to work. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and I am so honored that you are here for another conversation at the Best Kept Secret. How are you doing? I would love to know. Some of y'all do respond and let me know on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But I would love to know uh, if those of you who have been quiet here would chime in. We want to hear from you. How are you doing? How's life treating you? What is going on? Is there anything that we can celebrate with you about? I want to thank Lady Jam 81 for a podcast review that she left a couple of months ago. She writes, what I love most about Liv's podcast is she shows transparency that is not about being the victim, and she uses it to show how far God has brought her. It is my hope that you continue to see that here, and she continues with the review but I wanted to take a break there. And if you are interested in reading more from Lady Jam or any of the other women who have been so kind and so sweet to leave a review, I definitely encourage it. However, I want to ask that you don't just stop there, but that you actually leave a review as well. It really will bless this podcast. I'm so excited about this season, y'all. I have just been living for this season. I think that each and every one of the conversations are incredibly rich and build on one another. And I hope that you see the intentionality that went behind all of the content and the conversations that we have the opportunity to enjoy here. Today, we are going to spend a tiny bit of time talking about King Saul, before we get into our conversation with a beautiful soul today. Y'all, I feel for King Saul. Can we just put it out there? I mean, this dude was thrust in leadership as the first king of Israel, and he did not have a blueprint other than the Lord. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know, I think that it is quite easy to feel overwhelmed when we see that we are the first in our families, the first in our generation, the first within our sphere of influence to do something. But if we look at what the Lord has done for us, the humility that he's shown, the intimacy that our Savior Jesus maintained with him every single time he pulled back, he pulled away we will also learn how to navigate that pressure. And it's something that I wish Saul had done differently because I just think that his tenure as king is absolutely tragic. And I don't look down on him or anything, although y'all already know I get really passionate about the scriptures and I begin to feel as if I know these people. <laughs> And so, you know, I really take it quite personally when someone falls away from the Lord. Because I'm like, Rose, what happened? Sis, good night. <laughs> but, you know, I really, truly have a lot of empathy for Saul because of how much he went through and how he continued to 
hide when he had the opportunity to open up, not only to the Lord, but also to those mentors in his own life. And I felt that I have been, you know, in that position before where I have failed to open up to strong leadership in my life about specific things that I was struggling with simply because I wanted to seem as if I was worthy of the opportunity. And my goodness, that will mess us up every single time. I have found that worship invites us to take responsibility because when we do, we then move from responsibility to repentance for those areas that we have failed and sinned against the Lord in. But it reminds us through that repentance that our worth is not dictated by the wrongs we have committed, that our worth is found in the Holy One who calls us His. And that is enough. It is enough to restore those broken areas in our lives. It is enough to reconcile us with those whom we have the opportunity to continue moving forward with in the future. It is enough. And I just wish Saul had learned this because it doesn't ever seem as if he did. In fact, much like the Israelites whose calls to the Lord of Heaven's armies rang out hollow before him as they attempted to manipulate his hand, Saul followed in their example. And we find time and time and time again that he only called out to the Lord when he needed something. Now, he had a lot of pressure on him. And we're going to be talking about some of the pressure that we experience today as we lead worship in front of groups of people, whether that be through song or through study or through prayer or even through the social media content that you share. However, it is my prayer that we never forget that worship invites us to first take responsibility for those errors that we've made, find repentance in the midst of that, and then remember that our worth is found in the one who calls us his When I study the culture, I see how much Saul was entrenched in it. And I think that it is a poignant warning sign for each and every one of us to make sure that we continue to seek the Lord's face. Because culture can be all-consuming at times, and it can cause us to compromise in ways that we might not have ever considered we would compromise before. I talk a little bit about what it means to belong to an honor-shame culture within Selah, and it is quite different than the culture that we belong to in North America, which is predominantly one of innocence and guilt. But I have found that we're actually in the minority, that the cultures that subscribe to the innocence guilt mindset are a lot fewer than those who have subscribed to honor shame communities. And so I do think that it is important for us to understand those backgrounds because this was the background in which the Bible was written. And although it's really easy to dismiss these cultures and to, I guess, give in to the inclination to believe that ours is better, neither is better. We need to remember that neither guilt nor shame were what God had planned for us. That it wasn't until Adam and Eve chose to disobey the Lord and sin against him that guilt and shame entered into our lives. And so neither of these are anything that we want to strive after. However, we want to remember that the authors Jacques George and Mark D. Baker, which I quote quite a bit because they wrote a book called Ministering in Honor Shame Cultures, write that the removal of shame and the restoration of honor lies at the center of God's salvation. Now, I truly believe that that salvation is preceded by repentance and reverence for the Lord, that as he calls us, we want to answer that call and turn 
from the ways that we have formerly committed so that we can consecrate ourselves to him. However, my goodness, the more pressure we face, the more problems we have with this. And as I've already alluded to, King Saul had a lot of pressure. And one of his most significant problems lie in the fact that he was so consumed with honor that he failed to offer it to the only one who is truly worthy. I find that for us today as we really seek to serve the Lord in front of large audiences, when we seek to lead Bible studies, lead worship services, lead altar calls, lead prayer, it can be really easy to begin to desire that honor for ourselves, to begin to hear people say how great we are, how amazing we did, how moved they were by the words that we shared. And so I I find that King Saul is not so different and the problems that he faced are not so different than those that we experience today. When we study the scriptures, we see that King Saul placed the people's opinion above the presence of God and interrupted his communion and his communication with the one true God again and again and again. Georges and Baker, the authors that I referenced earlier, mentioned that the limbic system within our brain senses social threats. And that shame shows up the same way as physical threats show up within our lives. So both types of imminent danger trigger some type of self-preservation instinct. And we want to make sure that we continue to pursue the Lord's presence and seek to honor him above any honor that we are desirous of receiving ourselves because it is there and only there will we be able to grow in intimacy and integrity in the place of worship, despite the pressure that we face. I am so grateful that you are here. I pray that something we talk about today moves your hearts and that it leads you closer back to the one who desires that heart for himself alone. It's that time, y'all. My co-host, Ty, and I are back with another woman you should know. Ty, who do you have to introduce us to today? The woman that I'm introducing that everyone should know is Miosha Culpepper. She is a sought-after self-care specialist. She's a critical thinker. Trust me on that. She really is. And she's a transformational leader. Miosha earned a distinguished reputation as a motivationalist of change and voice of hope to the nation. I love Miosha. I have known her for many, many, many years. So Miosha is a worship leader and she started an organization called TR Ministries, tierministries.com. And she really was burdened to minister to other ministers. She realized that so many people were pouring out and they weren't being poured into. And so she started doing these self-care retreats for worship leaders. And it's her heart's passion that everyone that she knows prospers and is in good health as your soul prospers. And um, I'm just so encouraged by Miosha all the time because as a worship leader herself, as a as a praise dancer, her body has endured so much. And that's how she came to remember that self-care, if, if we're not taking care of ourselves as the people who are pouring out, then we're broken vessels. God can still use that, but he wants us to care for our bodies. He gave them to us. These are our temples. And so we need to make sure that we're caring for ourselves so that we can properly pour out to others. She has taken on the mantle to push tier ministries forward so that other worship leaders 
can find that care and that solace that they need. Because we we will, if you're a worship leader or you lead in any type of way, you'll continue to push. You know that that's the call God gave you. Um, but she is really calling worship leaders to rest and the reminder that that rest is imperative. That rest will help to rejuvenate us so that we also can be voices of hope to the nations. My goodness, I have just enjoyed reading her website. The grounds that she hosts her retreat on are absolutely beautiful. And I see that she actually has one coming up this November. So I just know that this is speaking to someone. She says that this is for the individual whom everyone leans on and turns to for answers. You're the strong friend, the one who is always pouring out in the arc of safety for everyone else. I appreciate that she acknowledged the fact that those whom she has called to this retreat don't feel as if they can take a break, but that she is using her own experience and the many things that the Lord has brought her through to remind others how important it is to take time to rest and to be refilled in His presence. Miyosha Culpepper, she is definitely a woman you should know. Mm, what good work. What important work Miyosha is doing. And I'm so grateful to introduce you to someone else who is doing the same as we prepare to have this conversation. The work of leading others in worship is one that we want to ensure we take seriously. That we remember is not just for the worship leader in the pulpit, but that is one we are all invited to participate in. Today, our guest is Naila T. Naila T is a worship leader and certified coach who believes in the power of worship to transform lives. Her natural talent for music was recognized early, and it led her to become a member of various school and children's choirs. Since then, Naila has performed on large stages and provided background vocals to several gospel artists, musicians, and worship leaders. Her music can be found on all music streaming platforms. She currently serves as a worship leader in her local church, and she believes that music is only one of the ways God uses her to share his heart and help believers walk in the fullness of who they are. She can be seen sharing words of encouragement on social media and will be available for one-on-one -on -one coaching this fall. Would you please help me welcome Naila T. to the best All right, y'all. I am so excited about this conversation. Y'all already know I say that every single time. But today, our guest was introduced to us by our former co-host during season five, Tanya Green. Tanya girl, I miss you. I love you. I'll be checking in on you later. But I am just so grateful today to have this conversation with Naila Terrell. My goodness, isn't that just a beautiful name? Naila, you have one of the yeah. most gorgeous names I've ever heard in my life. Please yeah. tell us, like, does your name have a special meaning? I mean, tell us, please. <laughs> yeah, so my name means one who succeeds or mm. one who attains. There's different uh, variations of it in a couple of languages, um, Arabic and uh, Hebrew, as far as I know. My parents actually got it out of like a book of African names. So mm -hmm. I can't remember what African language was attributed to it in the book, but uh, there's, there's a couple variations of it. So yeah, it means one who succeeds. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, if I ever get daughters <laughs> and one little one pops up <laughs> with the name Naila, you Go will ahead, know you're the inspiration. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we want to ask you today, the first question is, you know, just how did you fall in love with the Lord? And what kinds of things do you enjoy doing and feeling mm. called to in the kingdom now? Yeah. Um, I guess I, I would say the, when I first fell in love, like falling in love with the Lord was different. I think from when I actually like gave my life to Christ, I think that 
when I gave my life to Christ, there was a moment where I genuinely felt um, God speaking to me. I was at this church service and he was literally like, girl, you done tried everything else. So you might as well just come on this side and live like my way. Um, but I'll say that I, I believed in him at the time, but it wasn't a case where I could say, oh my gosh, I'm in love with the Lord. I think that I actually started to even have language for that in the last maybe two to three years, um, um, where it was less about like trying to be this perfect Christian and really more about just trying to know God and like hear God for myself and um, understand more about his character. So I would say within the last, yeah, the last, the last three to four years is probably when I really like fell in love and, and genuinely was interested in building a healthy relationship with the Lord. Oh, that yeah. is beautiful. That yeah. is beautiful. And now you get to, you know, help others, just invite them into that same kind of space as you lead worship and yeah. all the things. So I, I just love that. And I love that you made the distinction between the difference, you know, um, of just giving your life to Christ, which mm -hmm. I say just lightly, it's a large, you know, it's a, it's <laughs> right. a large thing, right? right? And it's one that the Holy Spirit brings us in into right mm -hmm. it's it's he who initiates that relationship Absolutely. but it is so different when we begin yeah. to you know really take ownership for that so um as as we can right i mean he's still initiating everything but it's still different initiating. when we begin to become an active participant <laughs> yeah for sure it's not, there, there's a scripture too right where it's like he we love because he first loved us and yes. it kind of gives life to that right because it's like he calls us out of his love for us but we're not necessarily there at the beginning it's it's a process right. of growth and maturity and just understanding so yeah absolutely absolutely you know worship is beautiful it is necessary and many scholars point out that you know genesis begins with a song uh, one of our former guests nana dulce even shared that man's first words were written as a serenade to women however we also know that the angel in charge of worship led the rebellion in heaven. So can you tell us, you know, what are some of the pitfalls that you see um, just within your fields as you kind of, you know, enter in and facilitate this space of leading worship through song among your contemporaries, among those who have gone before you, just in our culture today? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, I can use myself as an example because I think I've grown quite a bit in this like gift of leading worship. Um, I think that one like major pitfall is trying to present perfection as we lead mm -hmm. others <clears throat> um, in worship, sorry. Um, and just this idea that like we have to be perfect in our pitch, our notes, our songs that we choose. Um, but like we have to look perfect and 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 just be this emblem of perfection as we're leading other people into worship. And so we can get into this whole thing of like not letting people see us bleed on stage. Like I've been told, like, don't let anybody see that you're not okay. Get up there and and sometimes like not being okay as you lead worship is su creates such a moment of breakthrough for other people, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think the whole idea of like presenting perfection um, can sometimes block us from being authentic and genuine as we lead worship. And I believe that authenticity and like gen genuine admiration for God and genuine just like love for him is probably the best thing that we can bring as we worship. Because worship is not about, like it's not about me. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not about person holding the mic in the moment it really is about my job is to point you back to the to the father and so i don't have to be perfect in order to do that i just have to i just have to know who he is and where he is and how to lead you up that up that calvary hill like i don't you know it's not it's not about perfection so i think um trying to present like this perfect image of ourselves is a huge um a huge pitfall that we can fall into. And I, again, will be the first to admit that I've, that I've definitely approached it that way where it's like, nope, I gotta yeah. 
cross all my cross all my T's and dot all my I's as I do this. And I, no one can know that I'm like, I really struggled to worship this week, but nobody can know that. So right. we're going to hit the right note. So we're going to sing the songs that make you emotional and whether or not there's like a true connection in the moment or a true transformation, you had an emotional experience. I did my job, you know? Yeah. So um, that is definitely um, one thing that I think is a, is a big pitfall. And then, um, yeah, I kind of alluded to it a little bit, but just like almost thinking of ourselves as the gift and not Jesus as the gift, mm. you know? Um, like, like it's really, it's really not about me. Honestly, my prayer every time I worship is God hide me and just let them see you. I don't even wanna, if for like I tell people all the time, it's weird when I get off stage and people are like, oh my God, you did such a great job in worship. And I'm like, thanks, I think. But like, if that means, did, did you get closer to Absolutely. Jesus or not? Cause that's really- Absolutely you know, the only, the only thing that, that I desire for people who I get to lead is that they get drawn closer to the father. So if me doing a good job means that you got drawn closer to Jesus, then great. If me doing a good job means that you think that I'm a great singer, then I haven't, like, we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. Come on. Um, Come on. So yeah, I'm not the gift. So the idea is that like, I'm pointing you back to the father. So <laughs> that's what I think (laughs) yeah I appreciate that and I appreciate your transparency this is a space where we open up you know and where we go first so that others can then eventually prayerfully you know also invite the Lord to show them where those inconsistencies lie and one of the things that I love about these conversations is that as believers as followers of Jesus we are all in charge of leading worship whether that is you know through song on a pulpit or in it's sharing the word in a small group. We all have a part in leading others back to Jesus. And so we all know that struggle, you know, to present perfectly and the self-consciousness that can really take away from the attention on what the Holy Spirit is doing in that moment and wants us to say or do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, two stories that I'll kind of share as since you just went so, you know, like transparently <laughs> before us. One is, is, oof, I was young. It was one of my first speaking engagements um, outside of the church in which I attended. And it was a pretty large church. And so I was super excited to go. And I just was so nervous about what to say. I knew the Holy Spirit had given me, you know, my points. But when I got there, I felt him kind of redirecting them. And in the middle of this message, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, now tell them about that time you struggled with suicide. Mm-hmm. And I just began to argue with the Lord in my head, like, no, that is not in these notes. I can absolutely not do that. Yep. And I didn't. And what was crazy was you could almost feel the anointing just leave the room, just as if everything dried up. It's if he wasn't there with me any longer, you know? I have had mentors that will say, the Holy Spirit is temperamental. If you don't flow with him, he will back up. And that altar call that I led had no fruit. Nobody came up. Everybody was quiet. They just sat there and smiled at me. And then the pastor of that church, uh, because it was a youth service, got Mm -hmm. up and he began to say, somebody in here is dealing with suicide. Mm -hmm. And he just began to minister and teens flooded. They flooded that pulpit. And I will never forget how I quenched the Holy Spirit because I was so worried about what I looked like and how I appeared. And it is, I mean, I appreciate how he even lets us go through those things, you know? Um, Fast forward, last year I was debating as well, like, oh, Lord, I can't talk about this. You know, I can't talk about this thing. I'm not through it yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I felt the Lord say, no, you will preach on that. And there was a, um, you know, these these uh, recordings are recorded pretty far out. So there was a time I had to speak with Joe Saxton and she began to minister to me. And she was like, you say what the Lord gave you to say. I went to the speaking engagement. I said what the Lord gave me to say. The room, I mean, you could have heard a pin drop, but when I tell you 
After I prayed, a woman stood up in the back of the room and began to belt out the most beautiful song just from a table. She wasn't on program. She was not meant to do anything that day other than what the Lord called her to. And worship broke out. And I was so grateful to your point that it was never about me. Right. right? It, it wasn't a space where the host got back up and said, wow, put our hands together. Let's think. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. that. Yeah. It was that worship went forth and it facilitated an atmosphere of healing and freedom where mm-hmm. even other women were able to stand up and say, this is what the Lord is doing in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. So mm, I appreciate you. I appreciate <laughs> you for sharing that and feel free to share yeah, any more stories. You know, I really think that like we're in a time where God is really just like breaking us out of the boxes that we've placed around stuff to do with church. You know, like we think we've got it all figured out, which is the problem, you know? And so I think that he shows up through us testifying of these things as as we speak or as we lead worship. And he shows up through like us showing our imperfections because like that's what's necessary to break chains off of people. Nobody, nobody's looking like perfection is not the requirement. That's ne- that's never been his requirement of us, you know, and like I can't be perfect outside of him anyway. So, um, yeah, like I think that the more open we are to um telling the truth about what we're working through like you mentioned just now like the process like the fact is we're always in some kind of process where he's going to work it out in us what he's begun until the coming of the lord jesus christ so the process continues every single day all the time you know so like the more open we are to the truth of that and 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 not waiting until we've gone through this thing to say well look what the lord brought me through no look what the lord is bringing me through right now I'm going to worship with you as the Lord is bringing me through whatever this thing is. And I'm going to show you that we can still worship the Lord as he's bringing us through whatever those things are. Yes. 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 I have like, oh, like tears. <laughs> so beautiful. Oh my goodness. Lord. Oh, I want to ask you, as we kind of shift the conversation, yeah. there's a moment in first Samuel and I have lost my place. I want to say it's first Samuel chapter eight. I'm going to find it really, really quickly. Yeah, sure. First Samuel chapter nine. Saul has lost his father's donkey. And so he's on his way to find his father's donkey. And he's with his servant. And, you know, the servant recommends that there's a man of God in chapter nine, verse six, that they can go and see that man of God is Samuel. And he says, maybe he should tell us which way we should go. And Saul responds to say, you know, I, I don't have anything. What do we take? the man of God. Everything is gone. The food in our packs is gone. There's no gift to take the man of God. And the servant answers here, I have a little, a little silver. And so we know that as it says in Luke 10, seven, that the servant is worthy of his hire. I mean, I just published a book that would have been impossible (laughs) that I not had money to do it because it cost thousands of dollars simply before I ever sold one copy. So over here, we don't want to ever tell anyone that, you know, not to do the thing that the Lord gave them and to refuse, you know, the payment, right? Because we do need money to make the work of the ministry go on in so many different ways. (sighs) And yet. Let's talk about it. Everyone is selling something. And it is obvious that it is Mm -hmm. not all Mm -hmm. to make the work of ministry go forth. It is not all. Some of it is to build ego. Some of it is has been exposed. And some of it is is really an idol. And so I'm concerned about what I see, about what appears to be the pursuit of profit Mm -hmm. at the expense of the Lord's presence. I want to ask what words of advice, what words of wisdom you have. Did you hear? Did you hear? Selah, a study of first and second Samuel, the study that I have written is now available. 
I am so excited to get this into your hands, but I want you to know that we're not only going to study the scriptures, but we're going to pray together as well. This study includes six video sessions and 30 guided prayers to help us settle into worship. When you visit Amazon, you can find it there, but you can also grab it at livedooly.com slash Selah. And when you go to that webpage, you will find a freebie as well. If you've ever been interested in learning about when King David composed the Psalms and what was going on in his life at the time, I have compiled a little resource for you to really learn more about that in comparison with First and Second Samuel. Together, it's my prayer that these resources help us enjoy scripture even more. Yeah, I think that, you know, what you said is a really good point. Like this, the pursuit of profit at the expense of God's presence. I really like, like, I, I like that, but it's so, it's so true. Like, I think that one way to, to, to try and not get caught up in, oh, I need to get paid. I need to get paid. I need to get paid because yes, we are worth what we are worth the the value of the gift the, there's value mm -hmm. to the gift that we carry you know mm -hmm. and there's value to what it takes to master and maintain the gifts that we carry we do vocal lessons we do training we do you know Absolutely. all the things right um but i think that at the end of the day it comes back to understanding why we're doing what we're doing so like what is what is the why behind you writing the book you know, is, is, are you writing the book to, to make money? Are you writing the book because the Lord has given you a message for his people? And this is the medium that he's told you to do it through. Am I writing the song to make money or am I writing the song to encourage the body of Christ? You know, so it's like, why am I doing this in the first place? Mm -hmm. And then if the why is enough, if the why is a call from the Lord and that's enough for me, then I'm trusting that God will make sure that all the resources that I need are met. And that's going to be through payment from events. That's going to be through donations from, from people who see the vision that, that God has and want to partner with me. That's going to be from, you know, whatever other means God makes a way through my nine to five job, my whatever, you know, but I really believe that we get caught up in this money thing because a lot of us have an issue trusting the Lord to provide. Like I will be the first to admit that sometimes I have an issue trusting the Lord to provide, you know? And so it's like, we're so caught up in, in, in a society that tells you to work for work hard for what you need, that sometimes we forget that we serve a God who is limitless and can work miracles through mm -hmm. finance, like through anything, like the mm -hmm. systems of this world are not a limit for God. And so if he really wants to work a miracle in your finances, he's going to work a miracle in your finances. He's going to tell you what to do. Obviously, there's you have to participate sometimes in the process. Yes. But is your why tied to the Lord telling you or is your why tied to your fear of not having? What's mm. your why? You know, so once you understand that, I think that that's the best way to sit, to keep to keep our balance, like a reminder that God is the ultimate source and yeah. he will not leave you to lack. Yeah, that's so helpful. And I love how you asked, you know, is your why, you know, motivated by the Lord's direction or is it motivated by fear? Mm -hmm. I think that is something that we can definitely sit with and kind of take to the Lord and, you know, make sure that we are praying over as we continue to step out on faith and do those things that he has called us to do on a continual basis, right? Mm -hmm. Because it, it never never gets old. There are some cycles in life that it's just like, good night. Really just when I thought I had that thing under control, it popped back up again. So right. yeah, that's helpful. On that note, as we are continuing to remain in a place of prayer and just bring those, you know, goals and interests and desires before the Lord. How have you learned, especially as someone who has to lead worship from the pulpit very openly and, you know, in front of people and have that temptation to sometimes want to present perfectly. How have you learned to continue inviting the Lord to purify your worship? It's, you know, it's, it's, I'm learning a lot in, in the last, I'd say in the last little bit about like 
vulnerability and allowing God to like actually sit in the places of my heart that are uncomfortable or that I don't want other people mm -hmm. to see. That's probably been a huge impact on my relationship with the Lord and the way that I, that I now like approach worship. Sorry, I was trying to find the right word. Mm -hmm. So like, in terms of how how I've learned to continue inviting him in, it really is through continuing to challenge myself to be vulnerable before the Lord. And in doing that, challenging myself to be vulnerable with people who have become accountability and, and trusted community around me. You know, mm -hmm. we talk about like, we talk about being pure as like this kind of like thing that we measure by the actions we do or don't do but it really is a heart posture and you, that comes out through the way that you live your life the way that you talk to your friends the conversations that you have but it also comes out in the way that you like let people see you you know so mm -hmm. i've become just so much more open to sharing where i'm struggling or like what my weaknesses are, I've become so much more open to sharing that because I can't figure it out by myself, but also God has placed particular people around me to help me walk those things out. And ultimately those relationships lead me right back to the father anyway. So mm -hmm. I think that an openness to being vulnerable is, is my way of allowing the Lord to continue to purify me. And, and cause that requires so much honesty that literally yeah. requires me to be like, God, I, I don't know. I don't like this or God, this, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of whatever the thing is, you know, I'm such and such age and I'm still single. Like, what are we doing here? God, I've been faithful. I've been doing all the right things and I'm mm -hmm. tired. Or mm -hmm. God, I have this health situation, you know, I've been eating right and exercising. Like, when am I going to get the good news that this thing is done? You know, so like mm -hmm. just actually just being honest, being honest mm -hmm. with the Lord is helpful, more helpful to us than to him because he already knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we're honest with ourselves and it just opens the door for God to come in and say, okay, I'm going to sit with you in this, in this emotion. I'm going to sit with you in this experience i'm going to help you to see how you can walk this out you know i love it i love <laughs> that you spoke about you know that accountability too right yep. finding people not only that because everything even as transparent as i am it, you know and people are probably like i can't believe she just said that <laughs> um, but it's like baby girl i've been sitting with that for a real long time i'm like, very actually, comfortable with that testimony know. you know you but know. there are some things that we do have to hold for those that know us for those that do life with us for those that hold us accountable and so i appreciate that you made that distinction and then you talked mm -hmm. about the importance of those accountability partners and how you know well, man when we fail to have people that will check us challenge us yeah. you know as well as encourage and pray for and with us through those things we really miss out we really yeah. miss out and we're doing ourselves a disservice like we need each other you might as well have people around you who are going to point you back to your like the right path you might as well because you're not doing yourself a favor any favors if you're not Right. You know, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even as you were talking, you reminded me when you begin to say, you know, he does know he knows the Lord knows what's there. Why won't you there just open up to no him? Uh, you reminded me of Psalm 139, where David is yeah. like, you have searched and yeah. known me, you know, yeah. and he begins to go through all of this. Right. But I love when we get to verse 23, that then he says, search me, God, and know my mm -hmm. heart test me and know my concerns and so for me as i read this scripture and study this division in psalms it always seems as if the beginning of it he's kind of just like opening up like god you know you yeah. already know but at the end yeah. as he's kind of worshiped through this he said okay yeah. god search me like 
those areas of inconsistency, those areas that I, you know, that I've tried to hide, those areas that I've run from, just go on and search me. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. it's kind of like this progression. So I just, I love how you brought, you know, light to that because he does know, but this is he a does. relationship. He did, exactly. <laughs> he does know. But we have to participate. We have to. And like, we have our participation is what gives access to the Lord to, to, to work with us on those things and purify us and then like we get so caught up thinking like uh, at least i don't know i think sometimes we think that just because we're not doing like you know the big sins that we're okay <laughs> and mm -hmm. we're it's not true. willing to check ourselves on the way like the the gossiping or the or the the jealousy or like what you know like so that like confessing and just like sitting with god and being like mm, let me look back on today how was i really and then having that conversation um is is important for us as believers and i think we learn to do that more as we mature in the lord mm -hmm. um and we become much more open to just letting god access all the parts of our hearts um mm -hmm. which inevitably changes the way we approach him in worship yeah yeah access changes the way you approach him in yeah. worship absolutely my goodness that is beautiful you know we've we've talked about it but there is just a lot of pressure on mm -hmm. people who lead worship who sing and play from the pulpit and so i'd like to ask you what is one thing that you'd like congregants to know about that moment in the service <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> no, because, you know, people are always so surprised to hear how, like, sometimes as a worship leader, I really get in my head. Like, I'll be mm -hmm. in a moment and I've I've talked to this. I've talked about this um, with, like, the team when we're lead, when that I'm leading worship with or whatever, where it's like there is this moment, a beautiful, holy moment is happening. Mm -hmm. And I'm up there like, OK, God. What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> like, yeah, we don't, yeah. Honestly, yeah. if congregants knew that we don't always have the answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can tell them one thing. We do not always have the answers. There are so many moments where we do not know what's going to happen. And we have to push past all of that fear in the moment and just go with like reckless abandon and be like, all right, God, I'm about to put myself out here in a major way. I don't know what you're going to do. But if this is this is a faith, you know, those trust falls that you do at like clap or whatever, it's yeah. literally a trust fall most of the time in worship. I think wow. that if you don't get to a place where there's a trust fall required, mm -hmm. like if your worship mm -hmm. has gone exactly as you've planned it, okay. <laughs> That's a word. <laughs> okay. Like there's always a moment where we have to do a trust fall because it's just like, I'm not sure how to navigate this, God. I don't know what you're doing. Like, I I knew up to this point, mm -hmm. you know? God showed me up to this point. I knew we would get here, and now you got to do something because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so absolutely. congregants, we don't always have the answers. <laughs> we don't yeah, always yeah. know what's going on. Yeah, We're yeah. just choosing radical obedience in the moment and like absolute trust that God is going to show up. And he always does. He, he always, always does. does. And that is why it's not a spectator sport. That okay. is why regardless of if you are in the pulpit or the pew, you need to be praying and praising the Lord alongside those who are worshiping or leading worship yeah. from that center place. Because yeah. a lot of times we can restrain or hinder the move of Lord of the Lord by mm -hmm. our unwillingness to participate in Absolutely. the pew and Absolutely. by our judgmental eyes and by our you know our yeah. mm, inactivity we'll leave it at that inactivity, <laughs> inactivity. <laughs> you know what sometimes it's so for like you're standing on the pulpit i'm sure you see this as a speaker too like you're standing there and you're just looking at this room full of people and they're just staring back at you and you're like everybody lift your hands and like five people lift their hands in a room full of 100 people and you're just like okay how we you know like there's you have right. to sometimes do so much like breaking the ground in order to get people to go and um as believers like the worship leader's job is not to worship for you mm -mm. you know that's not that's not our role we are we are on the journey together 
somebody's got to captain the ship. You know, somebody's got to drive the car. So in the moment, in this particular part of the worship experience or the Sunday service or whatever it is, I'm driving the car. But that doesn't mean that you don't have to get in the car. That doesn't mean you have to put your seatbelt on. That doesn't mean you have to close it. Like you have to participate too, you know? So um, my job is not to worship for you. So if there's a if there's an expression, if we're asking everyone to shout or to lift your hands or to say something to God and like you don't know what to say and we say, just say hallelujah, just say, Lord, I love you. Um, I encourage people to participate because one, it shifts it shifts you like worship will, will 100% every time take your attention off of whatever it is you got going on in your head. Yes. Everybody comes in with stuff, you know, but 100% of the time, if you begin to say, Lord, I love you. If you begin to like literally focus your mind on who God is, mm -hmm. it will shift you. And in a corporate setting, it will inevitably shift the room. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm I'm hungry for the more, you know, and so just like a worship experience where people are just not engaging can sometimes be it's frustrating because of the limit that it puts on what God can do in the moment. And I think people Absolutely. people don't think that it can. People think that well, we're supposed the like worship leader is supposed to be the one that makes the shift and no 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 no. I'm leading the moment, I'm stewarding the moment, yes, but your participation makes a difference. It really does. Yes. Yes. And we know that there are a variety of people here from a variety of different traditions. You can tell that both of us attend more vocal churches. <laughs> I actually grew but, up in Anglican church, so I know. Oh, that. sweet. You know yeah. it. And I went to an African-American Episcopal church, which is also a liturgical tradition. So you yeah. know this as well. Yeah. The point is not to, to become loud or, you know, mm -hmm. verbose in worship. In fact, I have also found that that is, can also hinder worship too. Ask me yeah. how I am. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We won't we won't get on that, but the we point won't go there, but it's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> the point is to pray. The point is to participate. Mm -hmm. The point is to surrender your Absolutely. heart to posture it before the Lord. So thank you so much, Naila. I am just I am enjoying this conversation. I looked over all of to make sure I was recording it. My greatest fear is that we would have <laughs> one of the best conversations. That didn't get recorded. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, we are recording. So, <laughs> um, you know, I just want to ask you one last question. Uh, what words of wisdom do you have for our sister who is here and interested in going deeper in worship? Are there scriptures that you might lead her to or just, you yeah. know, uh, something that you have discovered, you've shared with us, you know, so transparently, you've just poured out here and I'm so grateful. Uh, but is there anything else that you would kind of speak to as we prepare to close this conversation on worship? Yeah, I think what I mentioned earlier, just about um, learning to become vulnerable with the Lord, like I think being um, willing to bear all before God, not... Um, you know, I think sometimes we have, uh, the, the church has done a bit of a disservice in that people feel like they have to be this perfect vessel before they come to come to God in any kind of way. And um, really and truly the requirement is just for us to come to the Lord, you know? And so I think that a way to go deeper is to just come to the Lord. Lord, I'm struggling right now. Oh Lord, I really just want to know more about you. You don't have to be struggling. You Maybe you just don't know how to start the conversation, you know? And so it really is just about being honest with God in conversation. There's nothing off limits that you can say to him because he already knows. And the best part is he loves you in spite of, he loves you because of, he loves you despite of, like he loves you, you know? So uh, the scripture that really anchored me from the time I gave my life to Christ is that scripture in Romans 8, where it's where Paul is like, I am persuaded that absolutely nothing, death, life, angels, demons, things past, present, things to come, um, can separate us from the love of God that we have in Christ Jesus. Like that is the anchoring scripture for my life. Um, because no matter where we're at, no matter what we're feeling, no matter what we have chosen what decisions we've made that may or, may or may not have been pleasing to the Lord. He loves us and is 
always, always, always um, willing to hear from us and to talk to us and to welcome us um, back into his presence. So the first, the first step that I would take is just an honest conversation to say, God, this is where I'm at. I'm looking for your help to go, to go deeper. Show me how to go deeper. And then the second thing I would say is don't assume that you already know. If you're, if you're someone who's more mature in your faith, um, mm -hmm. don't assume that you already know what to do. Ask the Lord to really show you, okay, God, in this season of my life, in this place that I'm at, how do I go deeper in relationship with you? How do I go deeper in worship? Maybe it's a scripture that you need to read again from a different translation or, you know, like whatever it is, just ask the Lord to show you, don't assume that you already know because of your level of experience or your years in the faith. Absolutely. That is beautiful. We just appreciate you being here and sharing your insight and wisdom with us. It was an absolute pleasure. Can you tell everybody where they can get connected to you, where they can download your music, all the things? Yeah. So I am on all the socials at Naila T. Um, uh, so all the socials being um, Instagram primarily, uh, YouTube, um, Facebook is at is Naila T Music. Um, and then my music is available on all streaming platforms, whether you use Apple Music or the Spotify or the Tidal or the whatever, YouTube, it's everywhere. Um, so tap in there and look out for whatever I've got coming out next. <laughs> we are excited. Can we ask you a few secrets before you go? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> The first one is in this fast paced society that we live in, what affirmations are you surrounding yourself with or rhythms that you are including into your routine to just remind you to slow down? Slow down. Um, to be honest, I really prioritize rest. I, I tell people all the time, take your vacations, um, <laughs> take your breaks. So if I look at like, let's take a work day, for example, I will, especially now that it's nicer outside, I'll get up and go outside, um, sit on a bench, stretch, just like look at the clouds, you know, just to take a moment to step back from the hustle and bustle of my job and all the thinking and the decision making and just stop. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that I do. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. What does an ideal day off look like? Ooh, an mm -hmm. ideal day off. Sleeping in, which is a luxury <laughs> that yes, I don't know. <laughs> um, sleeping in for sure is how that day would start. And then um, just like a slow, I think a slow start to the day is ideal for me. So like take my time to have a shower, take my time to do my devotion, taking my time to do that. And then probably like a really good meal. It would have to include a really good meal, whether I make it or I go somewhere to enjoy it. Um, and time with like my close friends, I can have a day where we can just chill out, hang out, eat, talk, um, do something fun, maybe walk around downtown or go shopping or something. That's a good day for me. I love that. Love it. it that just sounds like my ideal day as well. We <laughs> have a lot of in common over here. <laughs> the last question is what is bringing a smile to your face lately? Ooh, what's bringing a smile to my face lately? Um, you know, last night I was talking to the Lord at the end of the day, and as I was talking to him, I was smiling. This is going to sound super cheesy. Like, I'm not like, I'm not like a, I'm not, I promise I'm not like a quote unquote holy roller, but honestly, sitting and talking to God really does make me smile because I was, I was literally saying to the Lord, I'm like, not me sitting here talking to you and smiling. It's literally like, you know, when you have a crush on somebody and you're just, Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I'm legit just talking to God about the day and this huge smile comes on my face and I feel myself smiling. And I think it's because I know that he's always there and listening and it just brought, mm -hmm. like, it just, it brings me so much joy. So that is 
that's the first thing that came to my mind, to be honest. I love it. I love it. I really do. It's making me smile. I know it's making all our sisters smile. You know, like, there's this. crushing on God. It's so oh. crazy. <laughs> you know, I tell people, and it's so funny because I know that there are, you know, different camps in Christianity that they're like, God is not your boo thing. God is not your boyfriend. Like, don't be saying oh, that. He's blah, 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 blah. And, but I be, and I know this, and I know some of these people that subscribe to that, and I still tell them, me and God got a thing. Like, you need to know. Like, we have a whole like the relationship. Thing. He is the love of my Listen. eternity. We got a thing. <laughs> and to be honest, that's answered prayer because I've really been prayerful about being able to say, God, you're the lover of my soul. Being able to yeah. say, God, you're my, you are my heart's desire and really mean it and it not being a cliche. So, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna celebrate that I legit am living in an entertainment and I'm crushing yeah. on God. <laughs> yes, and we are celebrating with you. My goodness. Would you just pray us out as we absolutely, absolutely. Father, I thank you for uh this moment, this opportunity, this conversation and fellowship with my sister Liv. I thank you for um her heart. I thank you for her gifts and all the things that you've placed in her hands to do and that you're causing them to prosper. I thank you for every listener. God, I pray that they will be blessed by what they have heard. I pray for hearts to be open to hear and to receive what it is you have for them through our conversation. I thank you for um, just transformation and growth and change to come to every listener. And I thank you for what it is you have in store for them beyond this podcast. So God, continue to have your way, continue to do your best work in our lives. We love you, we honor you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Mm. That conversation was good for my soul. I pray that you can say the same. If there's anything that resonated with your heart, which please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Audible and leave a rating and review. It will truly bless this podcast more than you know. Now, in the meantime, I am on Instagram at Candid Live, and it would be an honor to connect with you there. Talk to you soon. Love you.